0: Welcome to Demystify Innovation, I'm Jonathan Foster
1: and I'm Hannah
0: Sörfeld. This is the third part of our special three-part mini-series featuring the innovation wisdom of Magnus Carlsen and Gunnar Storfeld.
1: As we all know, relationships can be difficult. Knowing what's on someone else's mind is a challenge. Good communication and honesty are essential. Sharing similar values and trusting each other are
0: vital. Now, this might sound like good relationship advice, but in fact, it's actually excellent business advice. The relationship between large, mature organizations and startups needs to be managed carefully so both parties can actually benefit.
1: Can a large organization learn how to work with startups without destroying the unique character and agility? that made them so attractive in the
0: first place. Is the massive power imbalance inevitably going to destroy the relationship? This might be a case where you really don't want to kill your darlings.
1: In this episode, we also get some hands-on advice from Jack Melker-Klaasen from Epicenter, Per Helgeson from Genie, and Jonas Herrmann from Stagecast about their experiences of managing the reality of ever-changing relationships.
0: So let's begin by asking what mature organizations can actually learn from startups.
2: I think that mature organizations can learn a lot from from startups. Startups typically or at least successful startups uh, tend to attract passionate people, they are very entrepreneurial and so on and uh, Uh, And and, and that's part of their success. Or perhaps that's the most important factor of success for a startup, that you have the right people that are very driven and are very passionate about what they do. And as we talked about before, this might not always be the case inside a, a large organization. You're more assigned to do a project or to do something rather than attracted to a task or an opportunity. And that is something that mature organizations can learn to uh, actually be better at, to post, uh, post uh, opportunities, post challenges. And then you have people gravitate towards those that are really keen on working on, on, on those those issues, those problems and so on. But that's that's not how organizations and companies typically work. I think another, another point here is about the, the, the process. The process of a startup is kind of, of messy. It starts off in one direction. They they find out that we can't go there, so we need to change things. We go in a different direction. Uh, so it's a very very agile process. At least if you ha- are, are running a successful startup, that's what you need to have. Uh, so you need to kind of um, reevaluate your solutions again and again, uh, and you do that while you are learning about the users or uh, and the customers. So you kind of develop the user and the customer as you go along. And if you do this very effectively, you kind of match the need with the idea and the solution all the way throughout the process. And again, in a mature organization, uh, that's not how processes work. Uh, for you define the task, then you execute your process, and out comes a result. They're not that agile. They do not take into consideration that things are happening on the way and so on. Uh, so we see today a lot of development when it comes to processes within Established companies and organization uh, where things are becoming more agile uh, in software development, for example, uh, but also in the in the very concept called the lean startup that, that is now starting to spread within within large large companies. so there's a lot of things that that mature companies can learn uh, from startups and um, for for startups and mature companies to work together. There, there has to be a baseline that they actually understand that way of working first in the large organisation for that partnership or that collaboration to be successful, or at least that's one of the key factors that define the right people and that they're using uh, a, a similar or a common process. Uh, to innovate and that itself poses a lot of challenges to the to the established in the mature or the mature organization
0: so sometimes it, what we're talking about is large companies when they buy in startups in a sense they want the entrepreneurial skill the commitment the open mindedness the agility to be customer driven so they're buying startups in an attempt to buy a kind of innovation by osmosis just quickly buy in all the skills we need but not build those skills themselves. Is this, does this lead to difficulties or problems? Well,
3: first of all, it's, it's extremely attractive for an established one, um, and to, to try to acquire those characteristics. Um, but we 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 have to we have to realize that that uh, the success rate of startups, to begin with, without being associated with an established player, is very very low. And then, if you, as Magnus pointed out, try to fit those two different environments, the established one and the startup environment, together, uh, I mean, you're just adding another dimension of risk to it, because the pace is is so different uh, in in their execution, their way of of being more agile, their way of taking decisions, their way, their their need for for quick. Uh, flexible financing. There are so many things that are different uh, and that you have to consider um, because otherwise you're just buying something nice and killing it. Yeah, as a matter
2: of fact, I think this is happening again and again. And we haven't talked so much about culture or climate inside an organization. Uh, but there's one thing that that's really important here. And what's happening in large organization is that you you need as you're maturing you cultivate a culture of efficiency and and, and sticking to the rules and so on and uh, that is not the best cultural climate for for running uh, innovations being flexible about your processes and structures uh, and so on and these things are really really difficult to change so many of these startups working with with mature organization they they find themselves that they are they are kind of Get caught into the bureaucracy, if you will, of the large larger organization, and uh, uh, they they're not very happy after a while. If they are acquired, they are uh, they they're not staying. They want to move out. They want to find a new fertile ground for for their kind of entrepreneurial activities and so on. So very often, the the acquiring part, the mature organization, is not getting the value from from the acquisition. Uh, as, they, uh, as they were hoping for. Uh, and, and therefore, as, as Gernot points out, there's, there's a lot of frustration and, and difficulties in setting these things up. So uh, you have to do it in another and a
0: smarter way. So both the the large organisation and the startup in some respects lose their culture lose, lose what it is what was driving it the the startup no longer it's life's got too easy for them and they and and the the large organisation is just not sure how to handle this little upstart
2: yeah for the, for the startup it's kind of a catch 22 they they want to get the resources of the large organisation but to do that they also have to uh well when then the culture is confronted within within the organization so um so to if if you give up one uh, you have to kind of give up the other and uh, in order to in order to kind of move forward from that situation, you require a much better understanding from to begin with, from the mature organization, what is it that they would like to get out of it? And, and how do they have to adapt? Maybe they need a separate structure or a separate way, a separate process to deal with the things that startups are bringing to their organization. But that's not always the case. Very often they try to bring in what's new into their established processes and so on that are really designed to evolve their products and services that they already have. And that they end up in killing the, the, the new thing.
0: Okay, let's cut in here for a moment and hear the voice of experience, so to speak. Here's the CEO of
4: Genie. Okay, so my name is Per Helgoson and I'm from a company called Genie, and we're a digital concierge service that provides concierge service on demand. So we work with cars and insurance companies and banks, uh, service offices, service apartments. We started as a B2C play, and uh, that was that was the thing that we were supposed to build. But looking at the data, we got bigger tickets, we got a lot of more love and money from businesses saying, hey, why don't we launch your product and service with our product? So the first year was the B 2 B2B play. Then we switched over and became B2B2C play. Yeah, so our or- original idea, we knew that uh, what we would do down range would be different from what we initially started. So we were on a path to find out what we didn't know. And that is what is, you know, what do we think versus what, you know, what actually works. Uh, it's easy to get, to get lost in really sexy ideas and dialogues and partnerships and, and great things that you like to do, right? Because on a mental uh, level, anything really is possible. But to actually take the elevator down and actually do it, it's a lot of friction, right? And that's even when you have small companies, it's a lot of friction. With bigger companies, it's even more friction because they have an immune system. That that, that that kicks in. That even though you talk to someone that's like-minded, that has a digital blah 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 title or or something, right? Then you you meet their real colleagues, and they have a real business with a real budget with <laughs> with the real plan and agenda. And 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 to trying to fit into that is a political navigation. It's coming and messing up someone's plan, and and uh, what they do for a living. Might not be what you talked about with that outer person. Hmm. That's exactly what Gunnar and Magnus were talking
0: about. Let's get back to the conversation.
2: But large, mature organizations can can do several things to become more agile and so on. And the first thing is to start to think about what, what kind of innovation do they need to do. Coming back to the question from the beginning, what what's what's really innovation? If they're going to do improvements, product improvements and so on, typically they all already have the processes needed for that. If they have the ambition to move into new areas, to attract new customers, for example, or adopt new technologies and business models, they need to consider uh, to have a separate structure. Sometimes we talked about organizations that are able to do two thing, things at a time, and ambidextrous organizations. Uh, So while delivering on what they have today and perfecting what they have today, they're also able to explore new things, on the other hand. But these are like two operating systems. They need to be configured in different ways. We talked about incentives and measurements for once, uh, processes, and also how we incentivize people. That has to be different in these two worlds. But it's not as easy as just separating things, because they also need to be uh, kind of Connected because you want to use the resources of the of, of of the kind of the majority of the organization, and and when things are maturing, uh, in this other part they need to be kind of migrate back into the main part of the organization, and all these things poses clashes of the culture and climate of the organization, that has to be dealt with, but to start with, find a way to, be uh, both as we say. Exploitative and
3: explorative.
1: And what do startups actually learn from large organizations?
3: Quite frankly, I I don't know if if a startup will learn uh, a hell of a lot of things from an established one. <laughs> um, of course, there might be uh, things in how, how you how you run a, a large organization. Um, eventually, a, a startup, if successful, will be a large organization, and you might find it useful in in. Uh, in understanding how they structure and organize things. Um, so that w- might, might be a learning. Uh, but th- the, main, the main purpose for a, for, an esta- uh, for a startup to engage with an established one is to gain access to their market, their customers, and their finances, their cash. So uh, customers and cash, that's what you, you're after as, as a startup when you're engaging with, uh, with an established one.
0: Does this mean that there's a, a difficult imbalance of power at the beginning of the relationship between a startup and, a, and an established organization?
3: Well, of course there is. Uh, the startup has if, if, no resources, no assets, more, more than their their ideas and their insights and their concepts and they are really struggling in uh, realizing uh, them and, and, and reaching the market and building a market for themselves. Uh, the established one uh, have all the, the the assets in terms of, of resources, in terms of manpower, in terms of finances uh, and of course in many cases they dictate uh, the, um, the rules for the, uh, for the, the, the collaboration um, uh, which is
0: an, an imbalance in, 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 in power, definitely. Is there a smart way to manage that kind of relationship? Mm.
3: I, I, well, I would say that the, the main mind shift you have to make a, as an established one is to understand that you're, you're investing in startups mainly to learn. And that makes it uh, uh, more easy for you to treat it differently differently. Um, uh, to see it as an asset for new knowledge, uh, uh, an asset for, for bringing in new uh, perspectives, um, and as a source of renewing your own business.
0: Uh, so for a large company to achieve their innovation needs, uh, one way is to buy a startup, and there you get this instant packet soup of innovation, hopefully all ready to pour. Yeah. Uh, another way is to build your own in-house innovation and that's done in collaboration often with uh, innovation consultancies. What's the role of a consultancy then in, in terms of startups? Is there any role? Do they, is it a startup or a consultancy choice for large companies? I, I would say that uh, the, the,
3: the first and, and main role for an innovation expert is to help them formulate their innovation strategy. So that would be the main role and function. Depending on the, the, the outcome of that and the content of that strategy, is, uh, you can use the innovation consultant to, uh, uh, to build your own capabilities, to build your innovation system within, uh, or to help you uh, understand uh, where to find uh, opportunities outside and uh, what kind of uh, companies
0: and, uh, and organizations you should be looking at. It, have we got any practical steps that large companies or startups can take to retain the uniqueness that they found attractive in the first place? Or is it that the relationship will inevitably change?
3: I think the the, the relationship will definitely change. But to be able to really take full advantage of the uniqueness of, of a startup the established one need they need to be focused on the learning instead of, of just yet, yet another business to to, to build
1: here's Jack Melker Claesson with an interesting view that comes very much from within the Stockholm based startup community
5: my name is Jack Melker Claesson i'm a uh, serial entrepreneur that has I've uh, been fortunate enough to be a part of starting a um, number of companies the past 15 years. Uh, now I'm quite focused on helping other startups, uh, having Epicenter in Stockholm uh, as a platform for doing that. We're uh, we're trying to use the power in, in our ecosystem to help uh, both uh, large corps, scale-ups, and startups. I'd say that the among all large corps, some of them actually started to think about startups as a vital, you know, an important piece of their own digital innovation. And that's a good thing because if they realize that they are all quite big and quite slow uh, and that other smaller companies are quick, uh, they end up, they can learn from that. uh, That's a good thing. Uh, uh, That's something that is important in their mindset because otherwise I think that the large corporate also will die. Um, Having that said, uh, it's not an easy thing to cooperate over those borders uh, since you are fundamentally separated from each other you know, mindset-wise. If you are a startup with no money and you deal with someone with lots of money, you tend to be very dependent on them. Most large corps that I meet that say that they want to they, they wanna meet startups. And I say, okay, why? They say, because I want to learn from them. Okay, so what do you wanna learn from them? I think that they, they, they do stuff that we don't understand. So can, can you bring them here and they can tell us how they work? And I normally just say that, okay, I, I don't believe in that model. I don't think that you can learn uh, and get to know exactly what they do and how they think uh, by listening to them. You know, take a break from your day job. Take three months uh and you spend those 3 months with startup x and you be with them from early morning to late night 24/7 7 days a week uh, then 3 3 months later you 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 have a better view of what it means to be an entrepreneur to become a, a part of a startup uh, and everything that comes with that because it's not a job it's a lifestyle you know if if you read about how you do brainstorming and iteration and prototyping and then if you read about that or maybe even you see how others do it that's that's it's a start but it's not until you've tried it yourself that you really grasp it so so action over theory is important
0: what other kinds of things would you advocate in order to, to get a relationship to work
5: um i think that's the maybe the most important one because that's what it takes to really grasp something. But almost as important is that this is nothing. Uh, n- nothing of this will happen if you don't have top, top, top management and CEO on board at the large uh, This This needs to be sanctioned from the start. If we can take a look at startups from another perspective, that we can div- give them unconditional love. And then we'll see what comes out. Uh, I think that's a more interesting thing, uh, a way of thinking uh, on startups. I I think of it as parenthood. Uh, If you have a hidden agenda raising your kids uh, and you force them to become something that you want, uh, I don't think you're gonna be that good parent. And I think that somewhere along the road, it'll backfire, (laughs) explode right in your face. Uh, I, I, I wanna underline one thing that it's not Uh, I don't say it wouldn't work to get, uh, you know, help from someone, even if they have another agenda. Uh, I think that if that agenda is hidden, uh, it might backfire. If you have an agenda and you're very open about that, great things might come out. And if you're not open uh, with that agenda, I, I doubt that great things will come out because then you're not in the same boat. The concept of you, the more you give, the more you get. I strongly believe in that. And uh, living in the, the the times we live in, uh, I also I'm almost like fascinated that there are still people uh, not realizing how a transparent world looks like, and that whatever you do, it'll bite you in the ass if you don't. If you do bad shit, uh, we all will know about that.
1: Thank you so much for talking to us. It was really nice to having you. The here, pleasure
5: yeah. was all mine. Give
0: startups unconditional love and see what happens. Be open, be honest and be transparent. Like we said at the beginning, it sounds like relationship advice, but really it's pure business. What about the business environment in general? Here's a quick word
6: from Jonas Harmon from Stagecast. I think in general the business landscape is changing quite rapidly now. Um, And I think that big corporations just in general acknowledge that and just simply understand that there needs to be change um, because the, the entire environment is changing there are certain disadvantages connected to being a large organization that just didn't exist or they just simply weren't so magnificent you know 50 40 years ago when those corporations started and simply that fact is something that these corporations are now alert to and they just try to understand what it means for them um, that's when they. That, I think that's what they mean when they say they want to learn from a startup. Because clearly, I don't think that I'm in a position where I can teach um, a yeah C position in Telia, for example, uh, anything really um, in terms of facts. Or you know, if you understand what I'm trying to say. I mean, I find people, for example, like Elon Musk, very motivating and inspiring. Um, but I don't think that everyone has to change the world, you know, just because we're a startup doesn't necessarily mean that we have to uh, bring humanity to another planet. You know, I mean, sure, there, it's a really nice ambition and, and, and it's, it sounds really great, but that's not what gets me out of bed in the morning.
0: It'd be nice to see a, a startup that got humanity recognized they already have a nice planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we fix that one.
6: <laughs> absolutely. That's, um, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I was just thinking of the broader perspective. I think that, you know, it is very easy. A lot of people think that it's, you have to be this huge visionary to work within startup. And I, I mean, I guess you do, because you have to believe in the fact that you have the power to change something, otherwise um, you wouldn't be starting anything, I guess. Um, but at the same time, I think um, there's nothing wrong with the ambition to also just create a good surrounding for yourself and the people around you.
1: Let's give the last word to the excellent Per Helgeson from Genie with a practical and very sober approach that cuts through the romance and emphasizes real-world learning. Or, as Per puts it, moving from a question mark to an exclamation mark.
4: If you're a startup and you want to work with large companies, I would say, and this kind of ecosystems, uh, don't get lost in that, in that sexy fantastic romantic ecosystem where everybody are interested in you and and they want to find out more about you and they want to do something with you, right? Because that's one thing. And then you have the thing that actually pays the bills or (laughs) I'm putting bread on the table, right? So those are two very different things. And it's so easy to get caught up in that. And it's so easy to start, but it's actually hard to build moving forward. Uh, In the ecosystems, I think today, um, starting a company is actually fairly easy. There's l- There are tons of accelerators. There are tons of grants out there to go from idea to prototype to the MVP, right? But to actually take it from there and build real business to get real customers, to get the big customers to do proof of concept, uh, to actually get real customer engagement, that is actually quite hard because the people, a lot of the startups, um, um, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them hasn't really... Uh, uh, b- hasn't really understood the, the, the gymnastics of engaging a large corporation, you know, and, and to understand the political navigation that entails, to understand that the invoice period is 90 days, to understand that who you speak to versus who you will work with is, is two very different organizations with a different budget, with a different owner, w- you know, w- with different agendas, right? They get a Christmas bonus based on two very different things. And so, so I think you've got to be fairly sober, and it's hard in, in, in these kind of energy-rich r- uh, environments. To, it's just so hard to be disciplined. I think a lot of startups go f- with a romantic idea that they want to do something great, and that's great in itself. But to actually um, uh, have someone that you can send a bill to sign an agreement with, to, to reach millions or thousands of users you know locally or globally that means that there has to be a professional format knowing versus doing into different things a lot of people uh, they don't know enough maybe to, to actually learn how to do tricks uh, learn processes methods you know what actually works they, they pull pull a, or push your company forward that's that's different right everybody talks about learning fast and failing fast but and, and I think too many people focus on the failing because failing is all about learning and learning is just to understand what actually works better or not, you know. And, and so if you keep doing that, I think, you know, that's, that's, those are ways to keep that agility. Uh, what we do, for instance, in Gene is that every year we, we evaluate, okay, if we could build this company today, if with everything that we know, because we're in that cycle now, would we build the same thing? Would we have the same modules in our platform? Would we address the same customer segment? You know, would we? You know, what's different? What would we keep? What would we drop like a bad habit? What do we do once in a while? That's great. You know, or, or that we should do all the time and or, and not. So uh, that's how we would. That's how we do it. One um, uh, startups use words like, I think, I believe. Uh, would love to, you know, great, sexy, you know, whatever that word is. I think when you talk about a product or service, I think you should only be able to allow that statement to be true for maybe one to two, maximum three months. After that, you got to be proven, meaning you either it's correct or not. You can't month six say the same thing, you know, because then if you talk about the same thing a year from now, you haven't actually understood if it, you, know, what works, how it works, what doesn't work within that time period. And one year is way too long, so it should be probably you know, a couple of months at the max, where I think, I believe, or well, let's try needs, that question mark has to be straightened out to, ex, you know, to exc, exclamation mark.
0: Uh, thank you so much for speaking to us. It's been a real pleasure.
4: Cool, my pleasure.
0: So there you go. The relationship between startups and large organizations is a work in progress which offers a fantastic opportunity to learn and grow. Understand this, and you might have a chance of success. As long as you remember that whatever you do, make the move from questioning to knowing. Thanks for listening.
1: This pod was produced by Jonathan Foster for Foster Media and Hannah Surrefeld for Amplify Innovation.